don't do worship like that in the Baptist church. Nah. A little more organ. What a blessing it is to be in the house of God today. You know, um, this week's been a, been a good week. You know why it's been a good week? Because no matter what challenges there are in your life, no matter how hard they are, no matter how dark it may seem at times, you know that it says in, I think it's 1 Corinthians 10, 13, God is faithful. It says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to humankind. And God is faithful to provide a way to stand up underneath it. Guys, grab your seats. Let's get into it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, worship team. I was a bit worried when Ben asked me to preach um, a few weeks back. The reason I was worried is because every time you do something like that, like you, you want to live in, in God's blessing, so you, you're obedient to the call of God, you know that in the next season to come that things might be a little bit harder. It's like God's sort of just testing you out, like seeing if like he's faithful, but will you be faithful? Um, so as part of preaching, I thought, well, obviously, if you've got to preach here, you've got to get a motorbike and park in the car park. Um, so two weeks ago, I bought a motorbike from my friend Adrian. Um, it was a really nice Ducati Monster, like it's always a dream, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to buy this, and I'm going to ride this. And, and I got, like, the A-OK from Sarah. So she was like, yeah, like, get the bike. That'll be heaps of fun. And I've ridden heaps before. And I got this bike, and I was so excited on Friday afternoon. Adrian's like, mate, do you want to pick you up, like, after work? And that way you can come straight to my place, get the bike, and take it home. I was like, yeah, that'd be so good. So I bought the bike. I jumped on the bike. It was so nice. I was riding it. And it was like, um, got up to the traffic lights in Falkland Bridge and just about to go across the road. And I just got cleaned up by an L-plater. So it, it just finished so quickly. <laughs> like it, was, it, it was so good for such a short amount of time. And as, I'm, as I was going through the air, because it was like a head-on collision, it was just like that moment where you're like, I didn't expect it to, to, like, to be this way today. But it was okay. I was um, luckily, sort of luckily, there was an ambulance that was actually coming down the highway at the same time, which is the reason that Elle played ran me over, because she's like, I've got to get out of the way of the ambulance. So she just... Crush me. Um, but I was, um, as I was sort of lying there on the road and the Ambos like ran across to me, they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? Your legs, are they broken? Because as I hit the car, my jeans split, in, like ripped right up the middle. Um, and they thought that the little fluffy bit of the jeans was my femurs exploding through my legs, um, which they weren't. Um, but then they proceeded to cut off my pants as I was lying in the intersection on a Friday afternoon. Um, in the traffic. <laughs> but then I'm sort of, a bit later on, I'm sitting in the back of the ambulance, I'm going, no, this is okay. You know why this is okay? Because no temptation has seized me except what is common to man. And God always provides a way through it. God's still faithful, even when things don't go the way that we think they're going to go. Yeah. Yeah. A few years earlier, I had another car accident. I was um, 19 at the time. I had a really nice, really, really nice car. It was a Mazda 121. Um, <laughs> and I was just about to go to Kenya. For the first time, I was going overseas for three months, and, and I knew that God was faithful, right? Like, I'm always just, like, speaking this over my life. God is faithful no matter what happens. And I needed $3,500 in three weeks before I got to Kenya. Otherwise, I just couldn't afford to go. I'm like, okay, God, like, you've got it. You've got it. So I heard that there was some work over in Ginkan, which is near Oberon. So 11 o'clock at night, I'm, like, driving through Janolan Caves, just, like, worshipping, worshipping God. Like, I will build my life upon this rock. Like, one hand driving. And I came around this, this corner, and it was a bit wet, and there was a rock on the road, and I hit this rock, wrote the car off, and I'm like sitting in the car, it's like 11 o'clock or 11.30 at night, 
no one's around, no reception, cars written off, and I'm like, God is faithful. (laughs) I don't know how we're going to get out of this one, but God is so, so faithful. So then I got to Kenya. I made it there. And um, I started preaching on faith because I thought, you know what, I've got such a strong faith, you know. Like, I've got through this car accident. Like, I've got through the trials and the money. And, like, I've, I'm just such a man of, of faith, you know what I mean? So I'm going to preach about this faith because these guys have got some stuff to learn. They go, they're going to school today. And um, I'm preaching this message about faith. And I'm talking about this verse in, in Matthew chapter 6. We'll just chuck it up. There it is. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or what your body, what you will wear. It is not more than food, the body. Wow, that's really small. Sorry. (laughs) Ah, that's good. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, they do not reap, and they do not store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single day to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, is thrown out into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. And I was preaching this verse and, and I was saying, you know, guys, like no matter what your life looks like right now, no matter how hard the trials might be, have faith knowing that God loves you and that God will provide for you and that you will not starve or you will not go cold because your Father in heaven loves you. And I'm preaching all about faith. And at the end of my wonderful sermon, as we were shaking hands, we were, um, the church that we, were, that we were sort of working at the time was mostly consisted, consisted of um, orphaned and vulnerable children. Had this, these two little nine-year-old girls come up to me Justine and Jackie, and, and Justine, um, she was born with, with HIV. Her mum was a prostitute, so she never met her father. Um, and now she was a part of this, this organisation. And Jackie was orphaned actually after a motorbike accident where um, she was on a motorbike with her two parents and they got hit by a truck. Um, and these two little girls at nine years old walk up to me and they say, Will, we have faith that we'll be at your wedding. <laughs> and like, I just preached all about faith, right? <laughs> And I was like, amen. <laughs> like, 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 yeah. Wasn't even engaged. Sarah's dad said we weren't allowed to get married. He didn't like me just yet. Um, so I'm like, <laughs> they, they, they've got some faith, you know. They, they, they've got more faith than I do. I'm like, I don't think you'll be there, guys. But they said that to me. That was um, in 2013. I said, Will, we have faith that we'll be at your wedding. I want to show you a picture just quickly if we can chuck that one up. They were at our wedding. <laughs> they were the flower girls at our wedding. It just so happened that at the same time that I got Carl's blessing and we were getting married, these girls got onto a, um, a choir that was touring, touring Australia at the same time. Does it give you shivers? Like, like, <laughs> I tell the story and I'm like, oh my goodness. Like Faith that can move mountains. Faith that can cross countries. Faith that goes beyond what is logical. Because in Australia, we love our logic, right? If we do this, this, and this, then this is the results we're going to get. You know, we go into lockdown, and then everyone's going to be all right, and we'll just have our little safety bubble over here, and everything will be fine. 
And sometimes we lose sight that, that God moves beyond logic. God moves beyond our expectations of him. You know when you pray and you say, okay, God, well, you're going to provide and I expect that you're going to do it this way. I expect that this is how it's all going to work out. God doesn't work in the realm of our expectation. God works beyond our expectation. It's usually for the better. See, when we have faith, when we are not only faithful, because there's a difference between being faithful and being faith-filled. Let me tell you the, the difference, right? Both are really, really good, okay? Faithfulness cleans the church. We've got a lot of faithful leaders here, a lot of faithful servants here. Faithfulness, that's a new word, write it down. Faithfulness fills the church. I'll say it again, just try it a bit slower. Faithfulness cleans the church. Faithfulness fills the church. See, if we have a little bit more faith today, like what Ben was talking about, the mountains has a lot of people in it. If we have a little bit more faith today and go, you know what, I believe, I believe that we won't have any more seats next week. I believe that we won't have any more room next year. I believe that we might get down below $1 million, but we're probably going to have to increase it again because we're going to need a bigger building once more. When we have a bit more faith, when we have a bit more faith and we can be filled with that faith, then we can see things change. I want to read you a passage from Hebrews. The great chapter of faith. It says this in verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they'd left behind, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. I believe that City Church is a church that has the faith that will go beyond this country. I think that's why you drop the mountains from the name, right? <laughs> Everyone still calls it Blue Mountain City Church, right? <laughs> It's like, no, but we're going to go beyond this country. And right now, logically, that doesn't make a lot of sense because we can't travel. I was chatting with my friend from Kenya yesterday, and he said, when are you coming back to Kenya? I said, I'll come back to Kenya when they'll let me come back to Australia. <laughs> Maybe we should just go, Sarah. <laughs> can't come back. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> but we can have a faith that goes beyond the logic right now in this world, this current circumstances. You know there's a lot of people in this country right now that can't go back home to their countries? You know there's a lot of students right now that go, if I leave Australia, I leave all of my education behind because they won't let me back in again. You know there's a lot of people in this country right now, even on this street, that don't have family here. The church is the family of Christ. We can make our own country. You don't have to be Australian to come to City Church. You don't have to be, have your little passport which says, oh, born in Australia or born at Westmead or anything like that. It's like you can be a part of the City Church family which goes far beyond the logic of this world. We don't just help our own as the church. We don't just go after our own as the body of Christ. But we should be out there reaching people and bringing them into this faith-filled place because there's a lot of faithful leaders out here. There's a lot of faithful people that are turning up to this church day in and day out. All we need now is the people that don't have any faith 
to be amongst us in our presence because that's how they'll experience the love of God. It's what it says in the Bible. It says, they will know you for your love one for another. Ever like met someone who's a non-Christian? They go, you guys just always so happy. Because <laughs> like we just like hanging out. <laughs> like just enjoy it. Like you guys are always, you know, just like looking out for each other. People want to be a part of that. And some people are just waiting for the invitation. Some people are just waiting to be asked, do you want to come to church on Sunday? Or do you want to come to Connect Group with me? Or hey, you, you may not like church. You may not like Connect Group. We're going for a men's walk. Um, you want to come along? My encouragement to you guys this morning is to have faith like Justine and Jackie. Don't plan it all out how it's going to happen. Just say, I have faith that I'm going to see this and declare it. Set that, that expectation that God's going to come through. You're not sure how, but that you're going to see him do a miracle. That's my passion for, for City Church, is to see this church expand beyond the four walls here. It's going to go into all the world. You know, we're, going to, we're going to see people from this church sent out into all of the world. We're going to see people sent out from this church into all of the mountains. Look around at your friends. You might not be sitting next to them in the next few years because you might be at another church plant. You might be in another location. And it's sad, isn't it? Like we, Our connect group at the moment is maxed out, like a 14 people there, like no more space. Sam doesn't want to do a bigger renovation at the Badman's house, so it's like... We can't fit any, anyone else in. It's like, well, is it time to like split and start again? Do we need to make more room for more people? Do we have the faith that we need to make more room for more people? What if we need to move the sound desk back a little bit? Oh, it's going to cost more money. <laughs> but I've got faith that we'll be doing it soon, right? I've got faith that we'll be seeing lives transformed through the people in this church. That's the message that I want to leave you with this morning, is that God is so faithful to us. We can be faithful to him and we can be faith-filled knowing that God's going to do a miracle. I'm going to throw it on to Mike. Mike's got an awesome message. Awesome. How good is Will? All right. Give me a minute to get set up here. Um, are you enjoying church today? I can tell. It's good. There is faith in the room. People are being loud. People are passionate about church. It's incredible. Um, I just wanted to thank our leaders, first of all. And Ben and Amy, you guys have been leading this place incredibly. But I think in the last year or so... Yeah, yeah, let's give them a hand. Um, I think in the last year or so, I've seen a massive anointing on your leadership. And even just being part of staff and seeing the amount of hours that you guys put into this place. Like, I know there's a... There's all the jokes about, oh, pastors just get coffee. Pastors just go and, you know, they just have meetings, meetings. <laughs> but we really, well, they really do. And we really spend every waking hour thinking about this place and thinking about how we can change this place for the better. So I just want to honour you guys right now and Tim and Ali and for everything you guys are doing. Um, it's really incredible. And like, like Will was saying, the future is exciting, isn't it? The future is looking incredible for this place. We've had so many incredible new people coming in, people that are, you know, found a home here, and that's what that's all we want. Hey, so I'm going to continue on a little bit on the idea of faith, um, and I sort of brought this message a little while ago at a team night, but shaped it a little bit more. But I wanted to really focus um, on the idea of be, having faith, but faith with a sense of expectation. And really looking forward 
to what is next and being ready for it. Like you could have faith and you could go, that's great. I'm like, like we were saying, I'm faithful and I'm here every week and I do what I do. But are you actually looking forward to what's next? What is actually ahead in your next season? So I'm going to fly through this. Um, my first point is count your blessings. And this is kind of a few tips to being expectant and having faith. Counting your blessings. It's so, I think the easiest way for us to be expectant is to look back on what God's already done, right? I think looking back and going, reminding ourselves of what God has done in our lives, what he's done in this church, what he's done in our family's lives, in our friends' lives. Um, it really helps you understand what God has done, but what he can do again. You know, thinking about going back and going, God, you've already done this for me. Do it over, do it over and over and over and keep pouring it out. And um, I also like to think that gratefulness is one of the biggest encouragers of our faith. You know, whenever we pray to God, and it's kind of a thing that I learned in college, but we, um, we always put a focus when we go to pray to God. We don't come in and we don't go, God, ah, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. I need that, I need that. Um, I think God commands a blessing when you're grateful for it. You come in and say, Lord, you've done so much for me. You've done incredible things in my life, in my family's life. Put me in places I never thought I'd be. And Lord, I pray that you just help me with this little area today. You know, And it sets you up so much more to be ready for what that is, for ready for God to bless that. You know, if you come in with a, a hard attitude of going, oh, I need this, God, and I need it now, it's like, I don't know if that's really the best place to be for a blessing to come. Um, so I wanted to read a little bit of the story of Abraham and pull from that today. So this is the promise of God, the promise God made to Abraham when the Lord appeared to Abraham in the form of three men. So this is Genesis 18, verses 9 and 10 in the NIV. Um, it says, where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. And he said, she's there in the tent. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Um, so that's the promise of God. That's what God set out and said, Abraham, I'm going to do this for you. Um, and so I love how Paul talks about it in Romans. So we're going to jump to Romans 4, 17, 18. And this is Paul sort of, he's kind of just preaching for me, really. I, went, I was reading this passage and I was like, I don't even need to preach about Abraham. Paul does it in Romans. It's really easy. <laughs> um, so he says this. He says, we call Abraham father, not because, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Isn't that what we've always read in Scripture? God's saying to Abraham, I set you up as a father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do, raise the dead to life. With a word, make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to not live on the basis of what he saw, of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made a father of a multitude of peoples. God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Um, I think it's just an incredible way of describing that passage, that Abraham was called before he even knew it, before he even decided to step into that season of the promise of God. God had already called that out on his life. And, you know, for us and for me, it would be so easy 
to look at the circumstance. You think about Abraham, they were old, they couldn't have kids by then. It seemed crazy to the point where Sarah's even laughing at the idea of it. Um, And it'd be so easy for them to take that circumstance and go, that's crazy, like, I don't get it. But Abraham was faithful. Uh, Where did it say it? Uh, I've lost it. Oh, yeah. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. That's, that's counting your blessings right there. That's you going, that's Abraham going and saying, God, I'm going to focus on what you can do and not what my circumstance is. Um, you know, a little example from our lives recently, Sammy and I have had incredible. Um, blessings with our jobs you know at the start of this year I was on a particular um, income for working in tv and lighting and I got a new contract for doing the voice and somehow it ended up ten dollars more than what I expected it was going to be and it came through my contract came through in an email and I was like this much like that's not what I usually get that's like an extra ten bucks an hour and I was like sign send (laughs) (laughs) I was like, don't, I don't want to question who did that. or, Because <laughs> I don't know. It could have been Simo being like, oh, yeah, bump you up this year. Or it could have been my boss forgetting what my actual rate was. So I was like, thank you, God. <laughs> Send that away. And also I share a story from Sammy's life in the last couple of weeks. Um, she um, had been kind of looking for jobs. And, you know, we've been in looking into thinking about how we can get a house and get a loan and all that type of stuff. And um, it's really helpful if you have a permanent job which I don't, so she's kind of pulling the weight on that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so out of nowhere, she applied for a bunch of jobs and sort of didn't get much response for a while. And then out of nowhere, Amy had a contact and put her name forward for this job. She got a call, I think, the next day from Darren, and that was it. pretty much just said, meet me in half an hour, let's, let's see what you can do, we'll have an interview and on the spot was offered a job and started that job the next week. And I think the incredible thing is that she spent like a day in prayer or something. <laughs> I think the day, the day before, she was really praying, just God, open the door for this. Open the door for our, the opportunity to, to like give us the opportunity to have that job so that we can get a loan and all that sort of stuff um, within the day. It just came out of nowhere. And that was, for me, that was, oh, man, <laughs> God, you're so good, you know. And like a, a week ago, we were kind of just sitting and talking and resting and like, how is God so good? It's such a mind-blowing thing, right? The presence of God and the way that he blesses us is incredible. Um, yeah. So that's my first point. Count your blessings. Make sure you're looking at what God has already done for you. My second point is consider the sacrifice. Um, I wanted to really point out just thinking about considering Jesus, um, looking to Jesus, fixing our eyes on salvation. So Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 3 in the NIV, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, 
and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Um, And the way that it's described in the message version was something that really stood out for me. So I'm going to just read the same thing in the message. It says this. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blaze the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Strip down, start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how, study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honour, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility that he ploughed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. How good is that? (laughs) Um, And I love that Jesus went before us so that we could follow. He was the ultimate follower. He was the ultimate one being expectant and being faithful. And um, he kind of had a bit of inside knowledge, right? (laughs) It's a bit unfair. Like Jesus could be faithful because he kind of knew what was coming next. But um, I love how it says, when, when, you go, when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. You know, that gets me excited. Thinking about how Jesus went ahead and took the cross before us so that we didn't have to strive in it. We can just, you know, be set in our ways, not set in our ways, but like set in our path and know that Jesus already did it. He already set the example for us, and now we can just look forward to whatever he's going to do next. We don't have to sit here and worry about the details. We don't have to worry about all the little things or the intricacies of what God's going to do. We just focus on him and be faithful with that and expect what he's going to do. Um, yeah. It also says we follow, we follow the example that Jesus set says in the word, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. And I love that he never lost sight of where he was headed. That can be pretty easy for us, can't it? Um, But I think studying the way Jesus lived, we can also never lose sight of where we're headed. Um, Yeah. And my last and final thing is choose to focus. Um, I'm going to share a story real quick about an incident at work, um, which I don't know, like telling stories is not really my thing, but I hope it's relatable enough. So if you know, um, does everybody know those sort of like road cases for like packing lights and packing sound gear and those massive like wooden cases with the stuff on the side? We got a bunch of them out the back. They're probably like as big as that sub, maybe bigger. So um, there's a lot of safety things that happen in the world of TV lighting and... This was a moment where one of my friends was not really choosing to focus on his task and his role. So we're loading this truck, big, like, six-ton truck or something, and it's got a tailgate and everything, and the truck is parked next to all of these cars, so all parking spots, and then the cars, the truck's sort of parked in front of them. So we were loading cases onto the truck, and there was a stack of cases, maybe, like, there's one is that big, So then there was another one, and there was another one, like, way taller than me. If that followed me, I'd be dead. (laughs) Um, And so I'm going to show a picture real quick. 
And I want you to guess what happened. <laughs> it's pretty difficult, isn't it? So this was our great dude, um, but work experience kid who's come in for the... This was my very first day on The Voice, by the way. Um, he's come in and he's holding these three massive cases for himself, like all, all on his own. Me and Simo are like kind of in the warehouse not paying attention and we just hear this crash and three cases that high falling off the tailgate from about this tall as well, straight onto his car. And I can definitely say my boss said a lot of words I won't repeat on stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a moment of misjudgment and it's a moment of losing focus. Um, and I think that speaks volumes to how we walk with God. You know, losing focus is the biggest thing that takes people out of church, right? Losing focus on what matters, losing focus of what God is doing and what he's ready to do, right? Um, And to read, continuing on in the story of how Paul's describing Abraham in Romans, from Romans 4.19, says, Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. This 100-year-old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously sceptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. That's why it is said Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. But it's not just Abraham. It's also us. The same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless. The sacrifice Jesus made us fit for God and set us right with God. And that whole passage sort of sums up most of the ideas of my message, really. (laughs) Um, So I just want to encourage you to be attentive to the Spirit, you know. Even just in the last couple of weeks, this church has been on fire with the Holy Spirit, right? And it's been incredible. And I think that's not, like, I think that's the faith in the room. I'm almost, we're almost preaching to the choir here, right? (laughs) I think, um, I think being attentive to the Spirit is something that is hard to practice, but you know when you've, when you've figured it out and you know when you're walking in God's Spirit. Um, it's seeking after what God wants next. It's not, just, it's not just saying, God, what is it? And just waiting, you know? It's, it's not necessarily just going, God, you figure it out. It's more, God, I'm ready to be a part of everything you're about to do. It's taking the time and going, God, I'm willing, I'm ready, I've been studying your word and I just want to be a part of anything you're going to do next. It's making a decision to devoting yourself to reading his word. You know, it says God waits at the door and knocks, but we still have to choose to open it, don't we? Yeah. Um, So it's making that choice, choosing to focus. And I kind of wanted to wrap it up there, but choosing, choosing faith I think is a massive point that we can think about as well. It's, it's not something we just sit back and relax and, you know, oh, I've got faith all of a sudden. It's, it's a real decision and it's something that we can initiate because God's already there waiting for us, isn't he? Right? And I think that's applicable to every part of our life, to, to we know whether you should get that house, whether you should apply for a job, whether you should, you know, talk to that friend at school, whatever it is. God's knocking and you just got to listen and just go, I'm ready. Let's do it. So I'm going to hand back to Benny now. Um, But yeah.
I encourage you to think about that focus. Think about the choice you're making every day to invest into the, what God wants to do. So, yeah. Come on, how good was that? Get to give them a hand one more time, both the guys.